Welcome to the You Can Be Unstoppable podcast. My name is Ewelina Szczeplewska, your host and certified hypnotherapist. In this podcast, I will share with you how to tap into the power of your subconscious mind. I intend to share with you how learning how to use the power of your subconscious mind can help you to create a successful and abundant life with ease, how to connect with yourself while fostering a healthy relationship with your body and mind. Tapping into the power of the subconscious mind will help you to learn how to manage your emotions, become more resilient and present in all of your relationships. Self-love and self-worth are the keys to the kingdom of success and abundance, to happy and healthy life on your terms. Morning, everyone, and today I've got a fabulous guest for you, Nikki Vinogradov. And I hope I said that That's right. really well. Is that 10 points? <laughs> Perfect. And he's the mindfulness coach for business leaders. Welcome. Thank you. Really good to be here, Evelyn. And I think we'll be having a really interesting and beneficial conversation for, for your audience based on just the exchange we had before. I think we can go quite deep today. I think so. Yeah, I totally agree. So I think I'm just going to start off with the big mm-hmm. questions, <laughs> mm-hmm. go straight to the point. And I know that you are talking about this as well. Um, we live in a society of more, you know, we, we mm. live 100 miles an hour. It's about being more, being more productive, achieving more, having more big cars, big houses, and we kind of losing ourselves along the process. We burn mm. out, we tired. It's all about productivity. But how actually can you, in your expertise, from your point of view, mm. increase your productivity in a way that you're actually doing less, but you are doing things better with less, with mm. more ease, you know, yes. without actually getting yourself to burn out? Yes, that's a good question. So how to, how to do things with more ease uh, and not get lost in it and not burn ourselves. And it's a, it is exactly that. Like when I will do more of this, then I will have that. And then I can be, then I can be in peace and then I can be stress-free. That's often, that's the very unconscious. Or that's the approach people have often. It's very interesting when people come to the clients, come to the sessions, and you probably have the similar experience when you start asking, so, okay, why is it important? Why is this important to you? Okay, why is that important? And eventually you'll hit a point where the person is like, sorry if I curse, you can believe me, but where the person is kind of like, <laughs> okay. shit, I don't, I don't know why I have these goals. I don't mm. know why I'm pushing myself so much. And that's a really, I've been there also myself, but that's a terrible thing to realize that all these things we are pushing ourselves for all the things we want in the end like why and that's where that's where things turn around so when we come to that realization the question is like okay if i had already those if i had all those things now as much money i'd be super productive 
I would have everything that I want. What, like, why, how would you feel then? And usually the people, usual answer for people is, as you might have noticed, I would be more free. I would finally have some peace. I would be fulfilled. And this is when things turn around. This is how, how can we become productive in a way that we are sustainably, we have sustainable energy and it's really fulfilling is, okay, if, imagine that you now already, you were completely free. You're completely, completely in that peace. What would you do? What would you do now? How would you start doing that? And we could go very far in, in that. That changes everything because all of us can have the, even an instant experience that all the things you are looking for are inside. And mm-hmm. people often have this fear that, yeah, but if I'm in peace, if I'm free, if I'm fulfilled, will I just like go lay in the pits for the rest of my life? But that's not going to happen because all of us know that when we feel really good, we actually are even more interested to create things, to build things and do something mm-hmm. for others. So that's the real way to be very productive without getting burned out is to actually not chase things in the world anymore. Mm-hmm. Because who has ever found them? Nobody has ever found those things from the external world. Absolutely not. So that's what I'm hearing from you. And correct me if I'm wrong, that for the most part, we search for the meaning outside of us we chase all those things because somewhere along the way we created this story this belief that if i achieve x y and z then i will have the inner peace the happiness the joy the money all the things that we want Mm -hmm. without actually realizing that all of that comes from inside of us because there's plenty of people out there who got all those things Mm -hmm. And they're still unhappy. They're still miserable. They drink. They engage in all sorts of, you know, behavioral activities that are very destructive. Or they chase thing after thing after thing. And they never mm-hmm. actually slow down to say how wonderful it was mm-hmm. to achieve this thing. And actually pause, take stock, reflect on what they've achieved. And there's so much layered behavioral and, and beliefs and stories that we engage to that can be unpacked. Mm-hmm. If I would continue from what you are saying, I think the biggest problem we have in the society, and if we would solve that individually, we would have such a different so- society. And the biggest problem we have is what you talked about layers that we don't unpack. Is that exactly we don't question ourselves? That's like what I used as an example why is it terrible to realize that these goals that I've been chasing aren't important to me is because whether we are aware of it or not, what are we actually realizing? We realize that we've been just going on autopilot without Mm. questioning anything. And because if we would ask ourselves, okay, like why, why am I doing this today? And why that? And like, what do I really think if we would unpack those things, we would discover the way. And it's not a myth. It's not some like nice spiritual cliche. I think that's another issue is that society, especially Western society, which I have, there's so many good things about Western society. I'm not a one that would somehow that, oh, it's so terrible and so on. However, our approach is very much based on, we don't believe in human potential. 
We think everything has to come from outside. Oh, you are sick, take this. Oh, that happened. We need to build a machine for everything needs to be solved from outside. And that's why people don't easily look inside inside them. That's why they don't get the experiences that are there. And one good thing, again, this, it can sound such a cliche that all those things, joy and a lot of energy and peace are inside us. It can sound such a cliche. And however, like when we are in peace, where is the experience of the peace? Like It's not something that like, oh, here, like, look, yeah. I bought the peace. Let me put it inside. It's the only reason we can have be in peace is because we have the capacity to be in peace. We have the capacity to experience peace. And if what something like how how crazy is that? How amazing it is that we can experience peace. That such a thing exists. That awareness that can experience peace. Like how is how is that even possible? Yeah. So we often for we we would really benefit from a little bit going more inside and discovering all these things rather than always or most of the time thinking we said it two times already with you but when i will do this when i'll do more of this then i'll have more of yeah. that and when i'll have more of that then then i can do something and i think this is where we get into the burnout and in mm. disillusionment and all those emotions that we don't know how to cope with because we do all those things that we believe we need to do in order to be happy, successful and have the inner peace. We achieve all those things and we do not feel any more happy. We do not feel mm -hmm. any more joyful. The inner peace is not there because like you say, it's not just out there somewhere suddenly you're like, oh, hello, inner peace. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, well, but I did all the things that I believe that I have to do. And I'm with you like it's a societal problem we go to school and we're being fed all those informations saying that if you work hard and you do more and you really you know apply yourself then you will be happy and really happiness comes from inside of us mm -hmm. and as you know I just go back from Mexico and the cultural differences between the two of us yes. like I go back to to Europe and I was like take me back <laughs> to mm. Mexico because everything was at much slower pace that much more inward and life was so much better and sweeter in a way because they do not chase the success the way we do in Europe and in a west one yes obviously where the touristy bits are you've got you know hospitality restaurants and, mm. and but I'm not talking about this I'm talking about this, you know, everyday mm -hmm. Mexicans. And it puts things into perspective for me that when we actually slow down, take a minute to meditate in the morning, five to minutes, set an intention for the day mm -hmm. and really get open and honest. Is the goals that I'm chasing actually mine in the first place? Is yeah. this really what I want? Or is there a secret dream? Like I used to like drawing as a child and then I kind of forgot about this because mm -hmm. I was pushed into like, I don't know, a medical school, you know? Get curious about all those beliefs that you have and ask yourself, is it true? Is it mine? And even if it is mine, do I want to hold on to it? Mm -hmm. Or maybe I should like think, actually, I don't want to believe this anymore because 
it doesn't help me in any way anymore. I've changed, I've grown, I evolved. And a different set of stories and beliefs would be much more beneficial to me at this point. And I think we do not do enough of this in a Western world. I think that everything you said again, there's so many things that one could go into and unpack from there. And I think that that we don't do it is exactly based based on this idea that we can't or it doesn't it doesn't work like we don't have the capacity to change things even the the idea about that most people i i have a lot of conversations with about science and and so on with friends and most people still live in 80s when it comes to what we understand about brain literally like mainstream Main, most, of the, most of the people have idea that our brain is just fixed thing that, mm. that we cannot influence it while science has already been talking about Probably, it like yeah. 20 years at least been talking yeah. about neuroplasticity and we, it's, we are, it's so clear that how we think how we handle our emotions what kind of meaning we give to things impact our brain mm-hmm. so I think most people don't, those really important things that you said, for example, that we would ask ourselves, is this really true and change, to change the stories, one needs to know that it is possible to change the stories in the brain. And that's one of the, I hope hope that would go into the schooling system. That would be pretty amazing if people would learn. Amen. (laughs) I'm not religious, but. (laughs) Yeah, if people would learn how to do it, because. Mm Again, it's visualization or whatever we are talking about. It's not a it's not a hack or a trick mm-hmm. for a few people because it is how we humans function. Sometimes when people uh, say to me, Nikki, I don't know if visualization really works for me. I often ask them, Have you ever been stressed out about something that might happen in the future? Yeah. Okay. Well, visualization does work for you, and stress is a really good example how it changed the chemistry of our brain yet nothing is happening it's just this imagination going on so that's so crazy about it because we are doing it anyway all the time all the time we're just doing this negatively and then we say oh i don't know if this works for me yeah (laughs) you've been doing this all your life yeah it's it's unfortunate really and the other thing is also i think it requires practice so it requires time and dedication. Mm. And I think we live in Amazon Prime society mm. where if someone even comes to me or to you, they want to like now, yesterday. Yeah. It's like, mm, I think you need to find out that you've been thinking in a certain way for 20, 30, 40 years. Yes, yes certain things can be easy to switch, especially if you're less attached to them. But the more you attached into certain sets of beliefs or stories, it may be slightly longer mm. for you to rewire this because you are holding on tightly to those yes. beliefs. Would you say that's what you find? Yeah, is- that's the, it's in some way, I was just talking about it in my recent newsletter, is that we, are, we have two options. We have two options when we are going forward. We either have growing pains and effort, or we have suffering. Like there's, it might sound in a very rigid way of thinking, but really it is that way. That either 
we put in the effort, we grow, we change things, or we fall into this thinking that, oh, I don't, I don't need to change, or I don't, I can avoid the growing pains. But what we are actually doing, then we are, we are definitely putting ourselves on the path where we have such a, so much more suffering in in life, and, mm-hmm. and that comes a lot from the idea that that we that things should be changed quickly like we are in the hurt that we are in the hurt where often when you look at people or ask ask them about it so what what that's the question well what what do you think is a better alternative than doing this work like what's your other alternate are you really going to track that habit of whatever procrastination and unhealthy relaxation and guilt are you really going to drag that your whole life or like wouldn't it be better to even if it takes six months or a year to work through it wouldn't that be a better but that's so funny about people is because they say oh but it's taking you too long and i'm thinking well but in six months or a year if you're not going to change anything were you still going to be in the same place or worse off Mm -hmm wouldn't be better to to apply yourself and change you're going to get there anyway the six months will pass and the year will pass why are we even discussing this it's like the image you might have seen it's one of my favorites there's two men they are like pushing the food to home in a car that has a square tire so it's like and it's scorching sun and they're really like suffering they're sweating and it's not going anywhere because not a wheel and then a man, man comes and says, hey, like, I could help you out. I can change a wheel. I can give you this wheel. You will get a lot faster. And they are, no, so, sorry, you're too busy to stop. And that's very often comical aspect of, like, of not, one, not wanting to change. Like, just keep, keep hitting the head into the wall. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is we are never too old to change. I've had clients in the 60s and yes. 70s making absolutely remarkable and quick shifts Yes. in the way they uh, were showing up for themselves and, and for the world. This saying, uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to say this way, that you know you, you, that you can't teach old dogs new mm. tricks it's so out of date yeah that's a that's like that is from 80s yeah it's like it's, it's so, so not date. true i've had amazing clients in the like late 60s she came for the confidence and i was absolutely mind blown how mm. much she changed mm. because she wanted to change yes. and she did why i asked her to do she applied all the tools and tips so if you're working with someone, you can't just expect a miracle that the other person mm. is going to do the work for you. you actually have to yes. do the work. The other, only thing other people can do for us, it, it's still a bit, we can learn, we can directly learn skills from others. Somebody can fix our car. Somebody might get obstacle out of where, but other people cannot really make the change. They just cannot change us. That's yes, why it's only and, limited how much someone else can do for yes, us. And that's why that's why I love coaching and, and te- hypnotherapy, especially, is because it is a giving people keys to make the inner change. Mm-hmm. And it is very uh, this, of course, I'm I might be biased, but I would say to make a really deep transformation, if we don't have 
teachers, mentors, coaches, and therapists, uh, it's extremely difficult to do it alone. It is it's, because the it, ego gets in a way. We don't want to bump when we bumped into those uncomfortable emotions. We're like, oh, we don't want to look there. There's nothing there because I've done it. I've had sessions yes. when she's like, oh, we need to look into this, and I'm like, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, because yeah. I wasn't ready. It, it, I needed a few more sessions. I needed a few more ahas and awareness before I was like, hmm, I think she might be right. <laughs> and, to, you know. and to have somebody who can especially, I, I know that you in your, your profession, your religions work with the subconscious, with the mm-hmm. unconscious mind. And if you have somebody with you who understands how subconscious mind works and understands its language, then that part, because when people are talking, as you know, there are these moments where the subconscious mind opens the door, which is that is where the transformation is going to yeah. happen. But it's very difficult for us to recognize it ourselves. It's those yeah. moments where somebody says, you can see it in their body language, and they say something like, if I could just open that door and they put their hand on their heart and look there, and if that's the moment, okay, okay, can you tell me more about that door? And this is. I think it's one of the, I, would, I always think that when this happens in the session, if somebody would be looking at from outside, they would be thinking, what the hell is going on here? Because you can have the most rational person. Like I, I one, one like such a business guy, always wearing a tie and a suit. And I remember exactly that moment when he said, you know, I need to open that door. And I decided, I ask, I'll ask him, okay, can you talk about that door a bit? And he would, oh, it's like this medieval door, it's this thick, like yeah. a wood and this kind of handle. And as, as I guided him through, he made an amazing breakthrough. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to say it because it is so amazing that when people get into their subconscious mind, they immediately shift. You can, all the clarity is so, it is so obvious that yeah. the person like hit something in them they visibly change in that moment oh absolutely it, it absolutely first my soul that you can impact people's lives so profoundly mm. that you know they can change so much just by accessing that part of the mind when we struggle to do on our by ourselves mm. yes um but to, to move on, I know that you've spent some time in a, a Buddhist meditation center, and I would yes. like you to talk about more about this. What happened in your yes. life that you ended up going there? Yes. One thing I always want to say to people that I was never a monk and never, never claimed to be. I, was in, I lived in Buddhist meditation center, but there's many different kinds. You can be a monk or you can be a lay person or a yogi, we could say. But still to answer your question, and I, I, will, not, I will do my best to keep it brief when i was three years old uh, i saw a dead first time i saw that human being in front of me it's my great grandfather and in that moment as a three-year-old i realized something that had a massive impact on me i realized that my parents will die one day and that i think for the next two weeks at least i was crying every evening because i mean for a three-year-old to realize that and that never left me. I remember then being like 10 years old, we would be with our family in Greece, amazing vacation. And I had this big joy in me. And I had this such a heavy stone in me because while I was looking at my sisters, my parents, and we were enjoying this, I just had this, that 
you know, will die. Well, this, mm. all this will be gone one day. And, and, and I was looking for the answer and, and I'm quite critical person in a healthy way. So I was, I read every, when I was a teenager, I, well, no, probably not every, but I read pretty much all the books by different religions. Mm-hmm. And about back then I didn't yet find Buddhist teaching. So I was reading that I was like, does this really don't make any sense to me? And yeah. I was, I got, I was really angry with church. And with my parents and with society mm. as a teenager, as teenagers are, but but I was angry because I felt like how come nobody has answers for this stuff? Like how come aren't we talking about death? And like what are we really? We just it cannot be that we just somehow randomly pop up here and work and die. That that cannot be that this life. And then I would say I lost my path for a while between when I was 20 and 23. I hang around with people I probably shouldn't have hung around and mm. so on. But that was part of my exploration. But I never loved, left the, the feeling of looking for a dancer never left me. When I was 23, I just, okay, whatever. Like, I'm not going to hang around these people. I'm, I'm going to read. I'm going to meditate. I had no idea what that was, but that was calling me. And then I, st- I found a book called Tibetan Book About Life and Death, which is not the same as Tibetan Book About Death. And I was like, wow, this is it. Like this, like this is the answer. Because it wasn't religious. It wasn't uh, trying to convince about anything. It was talking about the internal experience. And so when I was 25, I was still thinking i can figure this stuff out myself i had some really deep experiences on my own like i had such experiences that that nobody can ever take them away from from me and, and so on and so my friend went in this buddhist meditation center and i was like nah i can do this myself i don't need people around me. i don't need a teacher and when we went there for the first time there was 600 of these centers around the world mm-hmm. i immediately i was like i'm home it's a the, that was a, that was the fe- that was the almost the feeling when the three-year-old me finally finally found it and it was because it was the buddhism emphasizes experience not uh, a belief and eventually i was asked to even live there because I was pretty good at teaching and things they could see that I mean I was meditating from 25 to 29 years old I was meditating between four to ten hours every day just going to get some money from work and then meditate and so I lived there and I did a lot of retreats with my teachers there were teachers who have been living in caves and meditation masters and and I moved out there when I was 29, but I still get to go into the different centers, blah, blah, blah. I did a lot of retreats. And, and I still do this day. I meditate about two hours a day and I do retreats sometimes. And I've been doing the same meditation every day for six years now. So that's, it. I would say for me, the search has ended. Mm. Yet the expansion is eternal. And I, I'm certainly, I have... I'm constantly peeling the layers. I'm constantly coming to the moment where I realized, okay, what I thought was uh, being close to something, enlightenment, actually that was just one of the many layers. Now I can see even more how much more I have like all these 
that because more we as you know more we peel the layers more subtle they become they become like a they become like a water for fish and yeah. that it becomes very challenging to even recognize those things you've been living million years in a water and some and you get a hint that you can live outside of the water it's not going to be easy to move out of the water yeah i know what you mean because the more layers appear every time i go back into something is that layer is slightly different is deeper yes or lighter or there's some ang different angle to it but yes. it's a it's a journey and it is sometimes i feel like oh but i've dealt with this <laughs> what is this coming back mm -hmm. but it's coming back slightly differently from yes, a different perspective yes. and a different angle and i can totally see what you mean because i have been to Buddhist centers before like not the way you did maybe like a weekend or mm. something like this and i can totally understand what you mean i mean i found my place where i started to work with uh, jim fortin he's one of my coaches mm. and he's an apprentice to a uh, shaman mm. the, the real shaman yeah and all the teachings that we get it's like wow like i find myself at home because it's all about stripping down those beliefs going back to who am i it's not him implying any doctrines or telling me that i should believe this or this is about okay who you are when we strip down all those societal beliefs and doctrines like it's it's like i find myself home again it was like my soul mm. suddenly found us like now it all makes sense like mm -hmm. i was brought as a catholic but i never identified with this because i found very hypocritical mm. and the way that you know priests were showing up in, in, a, in a church and as a you know growing teenager i was like that makes totally no sense to mm. me you know like someone who clearly bends all the rules tells me how to live um, and i'm like on what planet are we living on yes I think that I think this is just my my view. I think the biggest mistake West has made and church has a lot to do with it is that we we corrupted our religion. Because if you really go into Christianity, if you go deep into it, the the same truths, the same mystical things are there as in Buddhism. Yeah. But they're so distorted by yeah by church and and so on it's, i think it's the biggest mistake west made and to i really like what you said about uh, that we we have this moment where we think we worked out something and it comes again but it actually comes from different angle and that's that's a um what would i yeah that is the experience that is the because for example my biggest let's say disturbing feeling or point whatever we would call it has been arrogance or pride mm. and first i thought oh now that i don't think anymore that i'm better than others it had been worked out that's what i thought for example working with different layers and of one of course maybe before going i was mentioning about pride is well why do we and work with the layers is is because when for example whether it's some level of anger or jealousy or or this when we have very naive look at the world or or pride where we think we are better which is really it sounds very innocent but it really it makes life extremely difficult because we close ourselves from others and, and we really close ourselves from growth and 
And of course, what impact that has on our life. And so I'm just kind of saying, why are we even peeling these layers? It's because through seeing the world in a distorted way will make our lives so much more difficult. So how, how does it look like to peel these layers? So I remember when I realized that I think I'm better than others and mm. others are less than me. And when I realized that, well, that was all like, oh man, like, how did I get into that? <laughs> and then when I worked that out, it's so funny how it, how it works. Then, then that became the thing that I was proud about because I had worked out my pride. And when I re- recognized that more now, what I've been working with the last year, which, which is, has a lot to do with my business is this very subtle arrogance that me as an ego, I'm in charge. But I, I am not in charge in any kind of way. Like I didn't create the world. I didn't create the awareness. What would I, what would I do if for one week there would be no electricity or running water? How much I would be in charge then? So mm-hmm. those kind of like subtle, subtle things. And what I realized in that, what I think is maybe I'll connect it with the, you mentioned about feeling in home, is that the most terrifying thing when it comes to peeling layers is that immediately when one layer is peeled, the ego tries to build another one that looks better. Mm-hmm. And the most terrifying thing is to not go into that game. And why it's terrifying is because then we are not in control. When we are, when we are not building up the layer, then yeah. what's going to then happen? Well, what's going to happen is this sen- we will start experiencing like who and what we are when nothing is built on top and that's the home i think that's why that's why all the religions though on the surface i wouldn't say at all that they're same or that they're in the similar culture but when we really go into the truth of it they all speak about the same thing and why i think that feels like home is because the truth and the home is it's the same thing because we are, we have always been connected with it, but we wander away from it. If is there a single human being that doesn't have intuitive sense of going towards happiness, which is not same as comfort, and and those are one of the things. Why don't we ever ask why? Why, why do we have this deep sense since the we become anyway conscious? Why do we have this deep sense of ha- that there is something in us yeah. more? And and probably because that's just because it is true. And so peeling the layers is one more thing to this about meditation. And and it, it ties very nicely into what we talked at the beginning, where we're trying mm-hmm. to cha- chase things. One of the biggest realizations I had uh, in my spiritual journey, and it was at the beginning bit, a bit of a disappointment, is that true, we are not here, we cannot create. The spiritual path or is not about creating something new. It's not about becoming better because we are infinitely great already. Yeah. And that is peeling those layers. It's really polishing the window. It's polishing the diamond. It's not about inventing the diamond. And that yeah. goes very much against how we in the Western society, including myself, and I had to work and still have to work with it. Mm-hmm. Our idea is that me as an individual i need to create and build and achieve everything and then i can have it yeah that's a difficult tendency to 
beautiful what you said because that it's a huge distinction uh where you know in in spirituality or shedding layers is about less mm. where western society is all about building more mm. but actually i found i am much more me happier and joyful when i'm actually peeling the layers and mm. there's less in my life not more next because the what we talked about also that we are building more because we think there is not enough while in reality inside is is infinitely enough yeah and Which, i mean that's that's where we get a bit lost because we are born infinitely enough you know mm. lovable and worthy we just get lost along the way because you know we grew up in, in family settings and society settings at school that teach us certain things and then we adopt that we, we lose ourselves somewhere along the way. We adopt this story, or I believe that somehow I'm not worthy or lovable. And, and then we build our lives revolving around that. And, you know, we find ourselves in our 40s and 50s thinking, how did I get here? How, how happened specifically that my life is so backwards? You know, yes. I, on the surface, looks like I should be happy. But when you start digging inside, you are very lost. Yes. And I mean, that's so scary to people because they think, well, well, I've spent 40, 50 years. Now I have to unravel all of this. Yes. And they are afraid. Then there comes the question, who am I when I'm going to strip all of this? And yes. I mean, what they do not realize is actually you going back to yourself. Yes. And that's that. That's a very well spot, like you said about the 40s and 50s are kind of be can be so extremely difficult um, you, everybody can observe this or of course we can we can go we can start going towards ourselves anytime whether we are 15 or 20 or 30 40 or 80 but i think why if we observe people's lives in 40s and 50s because that's a, that's kind of like okay i've built everything mm. I, I have followed the path and I'm still not happy. You know, kids left home. Yeah. You know. What? Yeah. What? What now? And if we, there's so many things one could talk about here because, in order to start going back to ourselves, and if we never, uh, if we never have before considered it, there's going to be two massive obstacles. One of them being is, well, do I like? So what if I find myself like? What am I like? Do you, one needs to have a lot of trust and belief that that there is something in me that is worth exploring. And the second thing, which I see often a lot with clients who I will eventually ask or um, recommend therapy to them, is that if you have your whole life, if you've been avoiding things, if you've been making these small internal lies, those are the first things we will meet when we start relaxing when we start mm -hmm. feeling that that's why also why there's so much stress why why it's so difficult for people to relax is is that there's no difference between open up the subconscious mind and relaxation because when mm -hmm. we relax subconscious we we go into our subconscious mind and we have been showing yeah. showing stuff there those are the first things that come to the surface and if we work with those things, like you, you have, you have the experience, though it's painful, two things will happen. We will notice that I can work with those things. Even the, 
everybody who's listening to us and both of us, we we have had in our life such a terrible moments. We have there is in our life the worst moment that has ever happened to us at some point. And here we are, like, where's the feeling? Like, we are able to go through any feeling and we need that trust. We need a lot of trust, actually, because otherwise, what are we going, what, what we will do if we will, if we will not listen to the call that comes from inside, from especially on 40s and 50s, what are we going to do? We are going to pour on it alcohol food this yep. distraction that thing and i'm not being moral here it's just that's what people will do they will they will pour poisonous water on the flame that is inside yep. them it's a broken strategy with time you need more of that alcohol um, yes. you know or shopping or whatever the, the strategy mm. that you devised whereas when you actually looked at the thing that you working so hard at you know shoving at the back of your mind mm. it's if i can almost call it, it's a short time short term discomfort versus many years of inner peace because yes. once you look at it it loses power over you mm. you know we we spend so much energy not to look at at it you know mm. we we like you say we use the poison water to to hide whereas when you actually say okay i'm gonna just deal with it mm-hmm, exactly. I, i've i've got in my life you know when i actually dealt with all those emotions they lost power over me yeah yes and you know, maybe, there was nothing there to leverage anymore exactly and you probably have the same experience that what we discover it's not always so clear that the that we notice it but when we observe it well what we are often what is the painful thing? What is the thing we are afraid of? It is our idea about the thing. Mm. For example, what would like for me, things that I, I was wor- for a long time working with is that people will only love me if I'm very useful to them. That was a lo- long time an idea for, for me. And then as I looked into it more, that, of co- that was the fear that people will not love me if I'm, if I'm not useful. And when I noticed, there was this exact moment where I re- noticed that it, it's nothing else, but it's just this idea floating in my mind. Then in that moment, it dissolved because I realized that it really is nothing else but thought that I have created. Yeah. And for but, so long, I was like, whoa, I'm not going to look at it. I but have we were to- feeding it. You know, that's where yes. it is. You feed it. You don't want to look at it. And by not looking at it, we are feeding it. And it comes more alive and it grows bigger and bigger. And we create certain interpretation about yes. that. And, and when we actually say it was like, but this fear is irrational. What specifically makes me think that that mm. has any power over me? And if we find the root cause behind as well, why we have it in the first place, mm. it all crumbles. Yes, it crumbles. And you, not, and you mentioned that it, it gets bigger and we get smaller at the yeah. same time. Because what is we might have this idea that we can get away with things, but lit- we cannot literally get away with anything because what happens when something appears in our awareness and we don't want to look at it? It's like a little bit of fear with a thought of whatever, I can't do it. Let's say with that, 
And if we don't want to look at it and move away from it, what did we actually do? Actually, what we did, we told ourselves, this is too big for me. I cannot handle it. And that's what we are not conscious, but that's what we are telling ourselves. And imagine if we tell that to ourselves tens of thousands of times. What, and great, let's not leave it in that negative thing. The amazing thing is that when we have the, even a little bit of courage to go against it, you already mentioned it many times, is we notice that the very thing, the very act of moving towards it makes starts making us bigger because mm. then we are telling ourselves, I can handle it, yeah. no matter how it will feel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but just to wrap it up, I've got two more questions. I, yes. I know that you have three realizations that completely change your life mm-hmm. and one of them is kind of what we talked about so if we can maybe wrap around mm-hmm. in, in a summary is that reprogramming and upgrading our brain mm-hmm. can absolutely shift our lives to a completely different level so if you can sum up basically what we talked yes. about in the last yes. you know so, half an hour uh, uh, I... how that specifically impacted your life Oh, that's specific. Well, first of all, it was to realize that, let's say that it works, which means that I can't, I'm not locked into some things that are in my brain that I cannot say. That's all. It sounds very simple. What, what, what could be bigger freedom? Of course, I, I know that we are more than our brain, but we operate in this body and we are very much impacted by our brain when I was doing, when I was working internally with those things in the retreats, it wasn't that now I'm changing, now I'm going to change my brain. But only later through science, I realized, and because people are more into science, that's the language that I, that, that I use. Only, only after what happened, I realized what had happened on the level of the brain. But it's not a realize, it was an experience of I am not limited to anything by any thoughts, emotions, thought patterns, or my body. And that, why obviously that is liberating, is that I have the freedom to choose. Mm-hmm. And the difference between Nikki before that was any thought or emotion or thing that came from outside, I reacted to it immediately, which is unfortunately how most people live. But I would be, let's say, best example is that I would get angry at my boss. and. I would be fuming and having these stories around in my head for two weeks, like, oh, she said this and she's things. She's never like this and she's like this and all this like complete nonsense. And that was, that was the reality for me for two weeks. And then that actually when I meditated for the first time, and I, that was the, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say that was the experience that changed anything, but yet I had an experience I sat down for a half an hour, that was the first time I meditated, that, wait a minute, this, all, all these ideas and all this anger towards my boss is gone. And I'm also realizing that none of it was true. Mm-hmm. And that made me ask, well, how much there is stuff that I consider to be true that is not true at all. So now, let's say these days, my experience of, like, there are, thoughts and emotions and all kinds of things happening but they are just slowly they're like they're floating there in my awareness and I can pick 
that or okay that like okay hello you can yeah. go there if you want so that's and that is a huge freedom and it's not and i would say i'm a lot more engaged and in life than i was before because people might have this fear that okay what like my friends especially i mean now i don't really even talk about these things but my friends would be thinking yeah but like you don't you don't you don't have any feelings and like no i have a lot of feelings yeah. but it's just simply i experienced them in a I just experienced them, and that's the end of the that's the end of the story. And yeah. and uh, it's so unfortunate to see how people are lost in their own own minds. It's like yeah. like how is it being how is being lost in that internal story, stress and anger and all that stuff? How is that being engaged to life? That's not no, nobody wants to be in that. But it's so powerful what you said that it's it's a choice we do have a choice like you say you you've got you had this internal dialogue for two weeks you chose to engage where we, we realize that we do have a choice we are not our fault and if the thought pops in it's like mm. well i do want, i don't want to mm. engage in this it doesn't serve me i choose to think about this mm. and it's also the meaning and interpretation that we give it because yes. obviously the interpretation that you gave it oh but she said this and she said that and that made mm. me feel this and that made yes. me feel that when people realize that we are not slaves to our emotions and our thoughts and that you actually can choose like you choose your clothes every morning yes absolutely everything shifts for you yes. and i'm still not a master at it i'm very much practicing but i i'm aware now that i don't have to think that for just because you pop into my mm. head i can absolutely choose to say I don't like you and move my yes. and I mean that when you get to this it's incredibly powerful because it can it absolutely shift your life because I've been where you are you know I could yeah. stew on <laughs> thoughts and emotions weeks on end yes and it made me feel terrible so totally agree with you and just one final question so this podcast is called you can be unstoppable so what are three top tips for you in terms to how you can be unstoppable? Three. I always have four. But I, I okay, go to, for uh, one. No, no, no. Well, okay, well, to me, they are practical. Hopefully, they are for okay. others. But how we can be unstoppable, it's like it is actually four specific, we could say, almost steps. Um, first one would be that yeah, we do take the time to stop and go inside and look as what is it that I what is what makes my life worthwhile, what is important to me, like who do I want to become? That we really find that emotion there that drives us because that's our protection again. That's that will give us energy and it will protect us from distractions. And then we have a direction for life, and our brain works in the way that. When we are doing me, when we are moving towards meaningful things, it will release dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. If we don't have meaningful, if we are not moving towards something we consider meaningful, our brain will filter our experience between let's go for comfort and let's avoid that. So having a deeply felt vision is and accompanied with some plan. Well, how am I going to live it? Actually, that's all. That one thing already is life changing. Mm-hmm when we discover our vision, then our question is, okay, how will my actions, thinking, and way I handle my emotions align with it? That's like the first. So you could say, 
align ourselves with our vision. Hopefully it's somewhat practical. And then the second step would be, okay, what habits would come from this vision? If this is what I, who I want to become, what habits will anchor it? Ask ourselves, like, when I'm on my deathbed, what will make me feel that that was really worthwhile? And then start building your life around that answer, because everything will, everything will come from that. That really will make us unstoppable, because there's so much energy and power in that. And when we, when we have the experience that like, there's no other way, otherwise I will end up on my deathbed and have regrets, then it, it will just drive us. Of course, then all kinds of things can be added, but if I would say one rather than three things, that's what I would say. And I think that's really powerful because having there's been studies done of people on the deathbed and no one said, I wish I worked more or I wish mm. I had more cars. Everyone said, I actually wish I worked less and spend more meaningful time with my friends and family. Yes. Because when we finally move on we're not going to be taking all the money and cars we are going to be taking the experiences yes and how we left and so how that, we i mean that is and if i want if powerful. i can one more thing say that one of the most powerful things that i ever heard and i say it often with clients who are procrastinating for a long time like wayne dyer you might know him so this is not yeah. my quote like he in one of his pieces he said just imagine being on your deathbed and you are dying and you realize that the song that only you could have sang was never sang and i was like imagine like like imagine how it would feel to die realizing that you never lived the life you could have lived like that i cannot imagine mm. what would be worse for a human being and that, even Lost that potential thought, yes I think that is painful for a lot of people, like realize yes. how much potential they had. And I think and many chose people not to live it. And I think many people are trying to find their potential in the, from the wrong place. Mm. Like we're trying to figure out it while it is like we, it, it is not about, fig, it is a discovery. And I think figure out comes from inside. And I think yes. most of people that's outside, I think that's probably a good place to, to end on is. Yes look inside because all the answers are inside of you not outside of you and when you do that i think everything will start shifting for you yes and the right the right discovery will punch us in a really good way in the face <laughs> it will put us in such a calm it, there will be no doubts if they found the answer because it will be, it's so powerful Absolutely. is a good way to finish that. <laughs> well thank you very much Nikki, thank for you, coming on it's been a fantastic conversation we've touched on so many things that we could be here till tomorrow and probably mm. will then uncover everything so thank you very much for coming thank you and it's been fantastic thank you i really love the conversation to have with somebody who really has insights so thank you very much Evelina, for having me oh you're see welcome you. thank you very see much you next time. Bye, bye. bye thank you for listening if you found value in this podcast i would like to ask you to leave a positive review explaining how this episode helped you to improve your life.
I ask you to do this because this will help all the people to improve their lives as well. Share and spread the love all around you. Raise your vibrations to improve your life. If you would like more transformational content like this, connect with me on Instagram. You can find the link in the description of this podcast and I'll see you over in the next episode.